Welcome everyone to the Joelle Martin Mastery Podcast. I'm a networking expert and the author of the upcoming book, Know No Strangers, How to Build Community One Relationship at a Time. My why is the pursuit of mastery, and the goal of this podcast is to lock arms on a lifelong mission of daily personal growth to become the best version of ourselves. So let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, We are joined by a very special guest. She is an award-winning and top-producing real estate agent. So welcome to the call, Mrs. Tanya Kropulja. Tanya, how are you doing today? I'm good, Joelle. How are you? I am doing awesome. So uh, we are going to be talking a lot about real estate on this episode, but you do have a background in in the fashion industry. So why don't you share a little bit about your story of maybe growing up, getting into the fashion industry, and eventually your transition into real estate? Sure, that sounds good. So I have an extensive background in retail and in the fashion industry. And my progression into real estate, it came, it came from a love of working with people. When I was in the retail sector, I managed stores that were producing numbers that were record-breaking and so forth. And it caught the attention of the owner of the company that I was with at the time. And the owner knew that I was, my, my love was to get into buying. And at that time, I had also furthered my studies in fashion arts. So I became a fashion buyer for this company and that progressed to a position within the allocation and planning department at the corporate level. And I realized when I was in that environment, I really wanted to get back to helping others and working with people. And at around the same time, I had made my my first purchase. And I felt that my experience with that realtor was um, it could have been it could have been better the person was was knowledgeable and and so forth but i felt that i felt that there was something missing and with the love of working with others with the love of helping others achieve their goals just having that that desire to help others succeed i made a, a decision to get into the real estate business almost 13 years ago or it would be over 13 years. I've been, I've been selling real estate over 12 years now. So your, your example of uh, you getting a real estate agent that wasn't optimal, see some people that would turn them away from ever wanting to be in that industry for you, uh, kind of with that entrepreneurial spirit, you saw an opportunity there to, to maybe add an additional level of service. Uh, so do you have any, were there any skills that you were able to actually take from the fashion industry and bring over here to the, uh, the real estate industry. Oh, ab- absolutely. From, from the perspective of being able to identify the customer's needs and to be intuitive as to what the customer's needs were in order to best assist them to being able to project and um, manage and exceed targeted sales goals and how to motivate your staff in order to do so, and how to motivate the the environment, the team environment in order to do so, 
to the presentation and the appeal of, so I'm, I'm relaying this to being at store level, man, managing stores at a high volume capacity. It's the impression when the customer walks in. It's that first impression that you, that you want to capture. And so all of the elements of, of being very detailed and providing more of a concierge style service is helpful in respect to the real estate business. I'm selling, but I'm selling in a different capacity. I'm selling property as opposed to selling apparel or buying apparel that somebody would, would purchase in terms of forecasting. Um, on the analysis side, it's about understanding analysis in general, how, how to effectively uh, understand market trends and so forth. And that's the same thing as it relates to, to real estate. Mm -hmm. So I found that those characteristics were definitely helpful. Um, it's, this business is mainly about relationships and rapport, service, follow through from start to finish and beyond. It's not a, a transactionary business for me per se. So I think that um, these are all things that help in, in regards to success and achieving the level of success that I have achieved thus far. Mm, so we, we actually met about six years ago. I was in my 20s. I randomly decided, I got this idea that I, I could maybe buy a house. I didn't know what houses cost. I didn't know if it was possible, but I just, the seed was planted and uh, I, I acted almost instantly. I had this idea. My dad was on a trip to Saskatchewan. I just messaged him and said, hey, I think I'm, I want to buy a house. And he's saying, what? I had never once brought it up in my life. And um, obviously I had no idea what I was doing. And so I reached out to whatever real estate agents I could find. And uh, one, one friend of mine said, hey, I, I know someone, she's really successful. I'll put you in touch. And that was you. So the other real estate agents, they all, it felt rushed. It felt like, hey, we got to go. We got to buy something. Uh, they didn't really ask me any questions. It was about a transaction. It was about closing. And you were the first person that just asked me questions. Hey, are you aware of this? Are you familiar with this? Um, what is the purpose of that? And a lot of the questions, I had no idea the answers. I had no idea what you're talking about. And you, I'm sure you could sense that. So you said, okay, look, as a first time home buyer, these are the things you have to be aware of. Uh, here are a few documents I'm gonna send you. I want you to read through them. And once you actually are aware of this stuff and you're ready, then we can move forward and talk about having a look at different places. So that experience, that initial contact is what uh, told me that you were the right person, that it, it was more than a sale, it was a relationship, and that you were truly um, interested in the well-being of the person you're working with. So uh, <laughs> where, where does that does all that customer service and, and, you know, making sure the customer, uh, you put them first, that, that I guess goes back to your days in the fashion industry as well, like you just mentioned, but how important are referrals like the referral you got from a mutual friend of ours? So I want to, I'll answer this as a, as a two part response. First and foremost, your feedback for me, you sharing your feedback is that that's the ultimate compliment. Because for me, it's not about, it's never a self-motivated um, experience. I love helping first-time buyers. 
And I know from experience myself, when I bought for the first time, I'm not saying I didn't have a good realtor. I had, I had a very, I had a shark, but I didn't have somebody who took the time to guide me through the process in respect to, you know, what was it, what were the, um, you know, uh, what was I getting into explaining? I didn't understand the documents. It was just sign here, sign there. Um, this was at a time when we were faxing and, um, I just felt that the, that whole experience was rushed. So for me to hear your feedback is, is amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Referrals are the core of my business. They're the core of what I do. And, and, you know, it's, it's human nature. When you have a good experience, you want to share that with your friends and family. For example, if I go to a great restaurant and I had an excellent experience, even if the food wasn't the best food, if the service was incredible, I'd say, you know what, go, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. It's human nature to want to refer when you know somebody will have a good experience based on the referral. And it's also a reflection of yourself. So for me, referrals are so important in the sense that it's twofold. It's ensuring that that referral client receives the utmost in care and professionalism and experience, not experience necessarily in terms of my experience, but their overall experience. So it's a client experience, but also the, the person who's referring, I have to step up in respect to their reputation as well. So it's, it's twofold. And truthfully, my business is mainly based on repeat and referral. I'm not the realtor that is plastered all over bus shelters or billboards or things like this. Not saying that these are not good means of marketing, but in terms of where I'm, where I'm at today in respect to my business and how it's grown, it's grown mainly organically in respect to referral from existing clients, from others who, who know me and know, and know what I do and um, repeat business as well. So existing clients that I've had the pleasure to serve multiple times over the years. Yeah, word of mouth is definitely the most powerful form of advertising and marketing. Absolutely. Uh, so how important are mentors and putting together a solid team when it comes to having success in real estate? And did you have any mentors that allowed you to uh, speed up the process of getting where you wanted to go in a new industry? You know what? I didn't have a mentor per se in the sense of, of another agent that that I could look to for support and so forth. Uh, there are a couple of stellar colleagues and friends that I look up to in, in this business and we have um, a good relationship and so forth and we bounce ideas off one another in terms of our own masterminds and, um, and conversations. I would say probably the most influential in terms of guidance in the beginning was my broker record when I originally started. And that's important for, for any realtor who, who gets into the business is to ensure that they have some sort of direction or somebody that they could confer to when it comes to any questions they have, um, it, the, the trials and tribulations of, of any new business when you're starting out. 
Your, your husband is also a successful real estate agent and your partner in business. Uh, what is it like working with him? And do you have any advice for uh, any couples that are thinking of maybe going into business together? Maybe help them get through any pitfalls. Sure. So my husband, my husband, Steve, joined me in the business when our son was born. We have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And at that time, I really needed, I really needed to expand in order to best serve my clients. And prior to, to he and I meeting, he was also considering a move into the real estate business. And he was also a, an investor and so forth. So he's, he's had uh, ample experience and interest in the industry. So working together has its pros and cons, just like anything, because it is very close for comfort at times. I'll tell you the, the, the asset here for us is we have a, we have a good working relationship and he brings other uh, elements to the client experience in regards to um, his personality and so forth, which is advantageous. The downside is that it, it becomes difficult to unplug. So catching up about our day means mostly talking about business and it's good to have some sort of delineation where you can start to, um, when you can kind of unplug and, and um, not carry the business home in respect to the relationship and so forth. So that's, that's something that we are working on, but it's definitely advantageous to have my husband work with me. Um, it also helps to minimize expenses in regards to a salaried employee or a team member uh, and so forth. But as, as it is, it's, it is an asset. You just need to ensure that you know you'll be a good working team. Otherwise, it, it might, might not be a, a good idea. I hear you. Now, uh, I experienced him going above and beyond uh, because back six years ago, um, he noticed when we were, we were here at the house checking it out, he noticed that my cell phone case was, was starting to look a little, uh, you know, a little bit of wear for tear was falling apart. And uh, he showed up a few weeks later with a brand new case for my phone. And I actually still have it, which is embarrassing. Oh, nice. later, but uh, that was him going above and beyond. So what does someone have to do to become a real estate agent? What does the process look like? I can't just uh, go out and, and sell a house, can I? I have, to, I have to go through some kind of a process. And I don't know what that is. So if you, if you could help myself and the listeners out to know uh, maybe someone's looking at a career in real estate. Sure, not a problem. There are studies that you that you must complete uh, the, in order to qualify to become licensed. And once you've completed the the main courses during that period, once you're able to become licensed, there's also an articling phase where you have additional courses to complete. And the learning is ongoing. Every two year registration cycle, there are additional courses that we must complete in order to register but not only that there are ample training sessions um, seminars and so forth that are beneficial in order to further your your knowledge and expertise in this business i furthered my studies in order to become a broker so i'm not a real estate salesperson or a sales representative i'm a real estate broker which provides a greater level of knowledge and accountability, but also entails that should I wish to perhaps brand 
as my own brokerage in the future, I, I can do so as a broker record. Now, in respect to the studies, once the studies are complete, you would need to register with the Real Estate Council of Ontario. You would need to determine which real estate board you wish to belong to based on your trading area. There are fees and dues, of course, associated with all. And it's important to find a good fit in regards to the brokerage that you, that you would like to become a part of. So the brokerage brand. Uh, not only the brokerage brand, but the brokerage office. And each brand is franchise-owned, is franchise owned, which I don't think uh, everybody realizes. So not all Keller Williams are alike, not all Remaxes are alike, not all Royal Page, et cetera, are alike. They have their corporate policies that they have to adhere to, but really what's most important is the synergy within that particular brokerage office, the brokerage management, the, your peers in that environment, are the agents there inspiring and so forth. So these are all factors when deciding on your real estate career if you, if you wish to pursue. One key thing to, to remember is this is, it's not a business where all of a sudden you, you obtain your real estate license and now you're, you have a steady income. This is not a salaried job. It's not a salaried career. So it would be wise to have a good amount of savings, especially if you're starting full-time, so that you can sustain your living expenses and so forth until you start generating a steady income in this business. Mm, that's awesome advice. Now, uh, what advice do you have for a first-time home buyer? Now, I know there are a few things that you mentioned to me to be aware of. Again, there are, there are people uh, listening to the podcast that are maybe looking to buy a house for the first time. Any advice for them? So I would say based on the current market, set your expectations, have realistic expectations, first and foremost. Remember, this is a first purchase. It's not a last purchase. So I know it's wonderful to have, you know, you want the detached home, you want to have everything fully renovated and, and this and that, but your budget needs to be realistic with the expectations and vice versa. Get into a real estate property, get into a property that you know is going to appreciate in value and is going to help you move up in a few years in order to get to that next level. I would say for a first time buyer as well, don't look to, don't purchase beyond your means because you want to still have the comforts of your everyday life. You want to still be able to go out for your dinners or enjoy uh, time with, with friends and, and family um, in terms of um, you know, your social life and not be, not be house poor, so to speak. You wanna be able to travel and so forth. So I'd say be sensible, but don't be intimidated by the market either because it can be intimidating. You can purchase with a, with a smaller down payment than maybe you might realize. It's important to find a good realtor who's going to take the time to explain what the buying process looks like, explain the, the pros and cons, and to really share in that excitement with you as, as a first-time buyer. Because I'll tell you that your first purchase is going to be the most memorable. You might buy a $500,000 property today and then, you know, down, down the line, maybe 10 years from now, be able to afford a seven-figure purchase. 
the subsequent purchases are not going to be as memorable as the first one because it was it was your first. So you want to ensure that all elements are there. You have somebody who's going to really guide you along the way, but don't be afraid to enter the market. It's better you buy today than wait until tomorrow or the next or the next year or or the following year and, and think that perhaps prices will go down or nobody can predict these things. Take advantage of today if you are in a position to purchase, especially if you are renting. Put that money into, into a property, start earning the equity growth in there, and it will set you towards financial freedom in the future. What are the biggest red flags that you would have someone uh, look out for? I mean, to not buy, you know, uh, a dud house where there's all this stuff that needs to be done and you didn't know, or, or maybe working with a real estate agent where it turns out they're not great, or spending too much what any red flags just from your experience you start to see a pattern and and you start to see different things that happen as you've sold and and purchased so many house for your clients any red flags that just jump out right away so red flags uh, to me would be of course um, location and price point so does the price point make sense for where where the client is buying What's the anticipated price growth for them? So what would their anticipated return be like? Because I love seeing when, when my clients purchase a property and we know that the appreciation is in value is there. And when I get a call from them, you know, to say, Hey, um, uh, you know, what's my place worth now? And, and we, and we look at the numbers and, and, and I share with them the good news that it's appreciated X amount in value. I mean, that's such a great feeling because I've helped them make money. Now, red flags would be, um, of course, condition of the property as well. If there's something that is not in their best interests in regards to the to the wear and tear, aside from what's cosmetic and what can be what can be easily um, easily fixed, so to speak. I, but I would say first and foremost, price, uh, location, in respect to location, appreciation, and value. Um, other red flags if a property has been on the market a really long time and it hasn't sold, that could tell us that it's either overvalued, it's not in a desirable location, it might not be in the best condition, um, we might not have a, a very agreeable seller when it comes to the, the actual, actual market value, that might be a red flag for some as well. Um, other red flags would be perhaps proximity to um, things that might hold a stigma in the future for future value you know some some things of stigma could be hydro lines if the property is on a hydro corridor that could be stigma for some mm -hmm. people don't want to live necessarily next to hydro lines um, there are other things that are that have stigma that wouldn't appeal in terms of resale value so i review everything in respect to pros and cons with my clients and at the end of the day the decision is theirs to make I'm here merely to help advise and guide in the decision-making process, but it's their decision to make. Hmm. So during uh, COVID and self-isolation, it's been about three or four months now. It's been really difficult for a lot of, um, a lot of employees, a lot of employers, entrepreneurs, businesses. Uh, how has it affected your business? What does the real estate world look like? Uh, and I know that some people like yourself are fortunate enough to uh, 
to be able to work from home. So I don't know if that much has changed, but have you seen changes in the market and has it changed for you at all? So initially when COVID and coronavirus and COVID began, our market at the start of the year was on fire. We were trending to become another, to be another record breaking year. And it was just bananas. And all of a sudden coronavirus hit and everything just, well, for everybody, it just kind of went to a halt. Now in the real estate sector, we are deemed an essential service. People buy and sell real estate for various reasons. Some are more motivated in terms of um, uh, their investment and return on investment and other, other, other sales are based on personal need. So we were able to very rapidly adapt to the changing times and to the times that we're in, in respect to proper protocol and measures taken to ensure very safe and effective. My apologies. Let me turn that off. It's my computer. It's my, <laughs> it's my phone is off, but it's, it's because it's linked, linked to my Mac. Um, but all the, all the protocols in place in respect to property showings, in respect to how we uh, can conduct uh, video, video conferencing, video calls with clients and so forth, um, proper PPE in use, so personal protective equipment, masks, gloves, sanitizer at properties and so forth for showings. Uh, we have to vet each agent when we're an agent and their client when they're uh, showing a property in order to, there's a questionnaire to complete in respect to um, symptoms of COVID and, and all of that. So we have adapted. Much of it we were already doing in respect to having an elevated level of virtual, um, uh, our virtual marketing has always been an elevated uh, style of marketing in respect to the photography, videography, and so forth. So we were already ahead of the game in, in that regard, but everything else with the proper protocols and so forth, we've noticed it did slow down. Initially, we did experience a slowdown, but fortunately the market has trended upwards, which is great. And I think that consumer confidence is, is coming back. Seller and buyer confidence has resumed, which is excellent because I'll tell you, I've been in multiple offers the last few weeks for my buyer clients in the West GTA. And it's, it's like, we're not even in a pandemic. Yeah. I sold a, a beautiful home um, in an area where yeah, we're talking the luxury price point in an area where uh, the turnover isn't there right now. Same thing in a, in a pandemic. And it was an excellent result for my seller client. So I think that knowing how to properly assess and be proactive in regards to this current situation we're in is, is really what's going to get somebody ahead in regards to buying or selling real estate. So when I, when I bought my house, you were super pregnant, like super pregnant. And uh, that again, you mentioned you have two kids, six and two. So it was six years ago. Uh, what is life like now with, with two young kids? How do you, how do you still stay productive? So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a balancing act. I'll, I'll tell you that much. 
Um, it's not that much different than, than when um, I didn't have kids because I, I kind of endearingly, endearingly say that real estate was my first baby. And I was always, I've always been a workaholic, so to speak. So it's just about managing time and making the most use of my, the business hours in the day. And um, admittedly, I catch up a lot at night. So I'm, I'm returning emails as well. I do my best to be as responsive as quickly as possible through the day, but it's not uncommon for me to also be working into the later hours in the day. Some might say that's not really um, a productive way to manage a business, but in, for myself, being as uh, heavily and personally involved as I am, it doesn't matter if I need to, if I need to accomplish something, if I need to take care of um, a task for a client and so forth, I will do so as quickly as possible. So in regards to the balance with the kids, the, the great thing about this business is the flexibility that it does provide in regards to, I mean, look, I'm, I'm working in the evenings. I work during the day, our weekends, we work as well. So it's important to have a good support system. We have an excellent caregiver for our youngest who's been with our family for many years. So that's, that's a huge help as well. Not everybody has help um, with their kids. So it's just a matter of finding the balance that, that works for you. So you're, you're a master negotiation sales expert. Now that sounds amazing. So I'm wondering how can I get that title? Cause that sounds pretty badass. And uh, do you have any tips for people that are looking to raise their negotiation skills? Absolutely. So there is one facilitator in Canada who teaches the negotiation designation for in the real estate capacity. It's actually a Harvard taught program, which is pretty neat. Can we say and Harvard educated? That's right. Oh, I could, if I wanted to know, but I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, but um, it, it truly the same content is, is Harvard taught. So this facilitator teaches the, uh, the courses in the real estate capacity, and you don't have to necessarily be a realtor in order to, to, um, to learn and to have the designation, but it is accredited, which is excellent. So I have, I've completed all of the studies, which, which provides me with the uh, MCNE accreditation. And it's definitely a value because it helps me to it helps in respect to negotiations on behalf of both buyer and seller, given the different nuances of negotiations um, in terms of emotion, cultural factors, everything. And it's, it's definitely advantageous to have in this business. There's, there are a small percentage of realtors who have completed the negotiation expert studies. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to plug, if we're able to, on the podcast the facilitator that does this as it's definitely an asset if, sure. if one is a realtor or a mortgage broker or any kind of any any capacity uh, in their career where having the negotiation skills would be would be an asset yeah you could give the person's name or their website or anything if you want that's all good sure sue's coming is her name and uh it's the negotiation institute if i if i remember correctly but sue's, sue's cummings I'm sure we can Google that to find it. So uh, you've got some pretty amazing accomplishments. I'm going to read because I can't remember all of them, but um, 
the number one individual realtor for Keller Williams uh, in the top five across all, all of Canada for Keller Williams, as well as in the top 1% on the Toronto Real Estate Board. So uh, congratulations on yeah. uh, those accomplishments. And what do those accolades mean to you? So, so what they represent when, when, it's, when it says number one realtor, it's number one individual agent. So there are teams or there are groups where there are, are multiple realtors that are under one um, kind of group capacity. So this would be based on individual rankings for gross commissions earned. So the rankings come based on number of transactions and or gross commissions earned. So I'm proud that I'm proud to have, have achieved that for both 2018 and 2019. Uh, top five in Canada for Keller Williams individual agents, and the top one percent in the real estate board. It, it, it's a it's a huge honor and and um, achievement to be within the best of my peers. Um, what it represents for me is is just it's just the hard work coming to um, coming to life and. Uh, you know, stats stats not, not are not necessarily as important in respect to the person that you hire and so forth, but it is definitely beneficial to know that the realtor that you acquire for your needs is somebody who has a proven track record of success. Yeah, awards awards just. Uh, show that you're on the right path and that you're helping a lot of people. And they always look good on, on the resume as well. So that's always good. Um, how important is social media uh, for a real estate agent? And, and do you leverage that at all to, to meet potential clients or to at least build your own brand? Absolutely. I think social media is definitely, you definitely need to have social media presence. And I've been on Facebook many, many years. I'm fairly new to Instagram. So if you are on Instagram, I would love a follow. I'll just plug myself <laughs> there and maybe at the end of the show, yep. if we can do that. Um, I think it's important because you are, it's another means of not only promoting your business and in, in respect to advertising your clients' properties, um, advertising in other 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 means but also for the consumer to know a little bit about you because it is a personal business it's a relationship business um, I think it's important to establish rapport that's number one and social media helps in order to get you out there it's just another means of marketing in addition to having your website uh, having your Google reviews and all of that, which which we're constantly looking to, um, uh, of course, keep it keep up to date with and so forth. I'm actually in the process of doing a rebrand and a new website, so that will be coming later this year, which I'm excited about. It's all very uh, preliminary; it's all in the planning stages. So that will be that will be great. And once I launch that, there will be a, a greater emphasis on the social aspect and the social presence of all of this. You're fancy. We're, we're getting Tanya 2.0 in, uh, in 2020. I love it. So uh, every time we talk real estate, you're, you're, you're excited, you're, you're into it. How do you keep this fun after all these years that it's not just a daily grind, but you're actually enjoying what you do? Oh, 
you know what? It's, it's so funny because for me, this, like, it's like a rush. This business is, you know, when you are, when you're, whether you're um, in an offer presentation or whether you have a new listing that that's coming out and so forth, it's, it, there's so much energy that it fuels for me personally. So that to me, I mean, every experience is a new experience. Every client's needs are going to be different. Um, and so it, it's always new and evolving. I'm always looking for ways to further my knowledge and expertise. So that keeps it fun and engaging for me as well. So just, I mean, the day-to-day -day is, is exciting and fun always. So real estate goes through different cycles and seasons and phases. Uh, you know, not every day is perfect. You have your, your ups and your downs. What do you do when you find yourself in maybe a little bit of a rut? Uh, what do you do to snap out of that, to not get stuck in this cycle of, of, you know, being down and out, but being able to snap out of that as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's outside of your control, just like the pandemic where things are great and then they die down for a few months. Uh, how do you personally not let the, the ebbs and flows really affect you? I think, it's, I think it's important to take things in stride in a way because when you, sh and you should also know how your business how to forecast how your business will trend through the year based based on your experience and based on um, your the history of sales activity within your business and so that also helps you to effectively plan in respect to finances and respect to uh, additional means of marketing and so forth to to attract new clients or or new business so for me it's i've always been the type of person where i'm never looking for a shortcut there are people who just look, look to complete something as quickly as possible and, and they're happy with that. And I find those are the people in times of crisis that are really stuck. So I think that if you take a methodical approach with everything in times of, of a crisis, so to speak, or in times of what we're experiencing right now, there are further, uh, there, there aren't as many of these ebbs and flows in regard, it's, it's a more consistent experience. Is it, is it true? I hope that, answers. Yeah, yeah. Is it true that more people buy during the, the hotter months and less buy during the winter months? Is it just that they don't want to move their stuff in the cold? Is there any truth to that? So traditionally, traditionally the best time of year to sell would be in the spring. Mm. But the traditional models have gone out the window as of, as of now several years. You know, basically, um, does a property present itself the best in the warmer months? Sure. The grass is green. Your landscaping has, has bloomed beautifully and so forth. But at the end of the day, certain other factors are going to be uh, at play here. Supply and demand. What other inventories for sale in the neighborhood at, at the given time? Where has the market trended in regards to price growth? So I would say there isn't really a best time. Yes, traditionally, the spring market is the best. Summer would traditionally be, like August would traditionally be one of the slower months because now families might be enjoying time away before kids go back to school. Um, the winter months in regards to, uh, winter months are at, have actually been good. The time period right before the holidays, maybe a couple of weeks. But remember how diverse our society is and culturally and so forth. 
So, I mean, really the best time to sell is the present time or the best time to buy again is the present time because nobody can predict where the market will go. No one has a crystal ball. We can rely on fact in regards to the cyclical um, history and data and, and so forth. But at the end of the day, there's no better time than the present. So when I say, hey, Tanya, looking back at your, your lengthy career in real estate, what is your favorite professional memory? What jumps out? Does anything come to mind right away as being your favorite moment as a real estate agent? Oh, gosh, I have, uh, I have many. There are many moments that are... You can say a few if you can't decide or... I can't, I can't no, honest to God, I, I can't decide because there isn't really one favorite moment. Um, I love, I love, love, love when I see the emotion with, within my clients when they're overjoyed with the result, when I've exceeded their expectations. That to me is, is an example of this. Um, another example would be in terms of personal growth. When I obtained my, my broker designation, that was another milestone for myself personally. Um, when Steve joined me as well, that was another milestone in terms of development so, and growth. So I'd say there are various, various things. Keeping in touch with, with my clients and having those relationships established, that's another, that's, that's another part of this that... Um, to answer your question is it just rounds everything out. So there are a lot of real estate agents just in the GTA alone. There's tens of thousands of them. I don't know the exact number, but it's a lot <laughs> anymore either. <laughs> it, I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Uh, there's, there's way more real estate agents than there are uh, properties for sale. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. But my point is a lot of real estate agents, uh, not all of them have a ton of success. Not all of them win awards or are top 1%. When you look at yourself and the success you've had, what are the top, let's say, two or three traits that you see in yourself that have allowed you to have the success you've had? So I'm, I'd like to think that I'm intuitive to the client's needs. I take the time to get to know the client so that I'm able to, I want to be, be a step ahead in regards to helping them, whether they're buying or selling. So it's, trying to be intuitive, as intuitive as, as possible to the client's needs. And that's also in, in, terms, in terms of getting to know the client and, and in your experience, for example, the questions and so forth, so that I can best, best assist. Having a strong pulse on the market is integral. Having a strong pulse on the market where you are primarily selling, understanding what's happening within that area, within that neighborhood, understanding demographics, buyer profile, um, points of interest, all factors that, you know, where you would be the neighborhood expert. Doesn't necessarily mean that, that I have to reside in the neighborhood, but I should be well-versed in regards to what's happening there and, and understand that immediate area. Um, attention to detail as well. And, um, and trying to be as innovative as possible in regards to presentation, marketing, client experience, and so forth. Uh, I'm very, very particular when it comes to the detail, and that extends from the start to beyond, be after the sale. 
what what is your vision for the rest of 2020 and have you have you set any specific goals i know you're goal oriented i find for myself um, in regards to to goals if i set myself a specific goal of course i'm i'm going to to want to achieve it i try to be real, realistic with the expectations but really my my goals are to surpass the previous year so i kind of i loosely set my goals while factoring in other aspects because the goals in in respect to business are one but i have goals in other areas of my life such as family time and personal personal growth and development uh, health and everything else so so i think for 2020 it's a matter of balance this pandemic has afforded a bit of downtime i think for everybody to pause and reflect on what's most important and that's our health and well-being everything else will come back to life the economy will will stimulate itself again and so forth but um, in respect to my goals, I would be thrilled to surpass the previous year and to also achieve some other things on, on my end in regards to uh, maybe more family time and, and personal health. Now, if, if you had to start over again as a real estate agent, what advice now that you have all this experience and training and knowledge, all that stuff, what advice would you give, you know, baby Tanya restarting all over again in real estate? What advice would you give yourself to avoid the pitfalls, to collapse timeframes, to get back to your current level of success? That's a good question. When I began, I, my first year in real estate, I was still working part-time. Oh, sorry. My, I was still working in my corporate job so real estate was part-time and in that first year only i had set myself a goal that i would hustle for real estate and after that first year in my um in, in this career i would be able to break free from from my corporate career and and just dive right in i would say in respect to uh what, what i would do a little differently i think it's important to have a crystal clear focus on what you who your target audience is and what you wish to achieve in regards to your 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 growth and area of expertise for me i had targeted a certain area in terms of marketing and i had invested heavily in a marketing budget which at the time was really before social media is where it is today so i think it's important to identify have a plan in respect to growing your business and not think too big because that's when you're too scattered. You need to just dial down and focus on, on the areas that are of utmost importance and you'll eventually grow and expand from there. Uh, where can our listeners uh, find you online? So a website, you mentioned uh, you have a, a new Instagram account. So if they have questions about real estate and they want to they want to reach out or they need a real estate agent for something how do they find you i would love to take your questions or inquiries and so forth i'm always 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 happy to help anytime instagram check me out at tanya t-a-n-y-a underscore t-c team 
facebook.com forward slash Tanya Kripulja team. So I'll spell it out. T-A-N-Y-A-C-R-E-P-U-L-J-A team. That's on Facebook, my Facebook business page. And as I mentioned, Instagram, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, but I would say best to connect with me through Facebook or Instagram or text me direct on my phone number, 647-293-3785. Amazing. So thank you so much, Tanya, for your time. Uh, I had a lot of questions about real estate that I was able to get answered over this uh, this episode. So uh, thank you so much for, for the support, for, for being on this episode, and for everything you've done for me uh, in, in the world of real estate. I'm truly honored, Joelle. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and I'd love to hear from you guys. My goal is to grow this podcast organically where you're giving me feedback on topics you'd like me to cover and guests you'd like me to interview. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Joelle Martin Mastery. Joelle is J-O-E-L and on Twitter at Joelle Mastery. So I am done. I am complete. I approve this message and I'll see you on the next episode.